Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, friends, and welcome to another great episode of the Church Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Jason Day, and I had the opportunity to connect with Jordan Gustafson this week. Jordan leads the church mobilization efforts of Food for the Hungry, which is a global Christ-centered NGO working in over 20 countries with the vision of seeing all forms of poverty ended through sustainable, holistic community development and disaster relief. Jordan is also a pastor and church planner and speaks regularly at churches across the country. In this episode, Jordan and I talk about how your church can proactively address global injustices and experience revitalization at the same time. We also discuss the value of longer-term partnerships in international mission ministry, especially in the midst of crisis, and how your church can shift from short-term projects to long-term relationships. This is a very insightful conversation, so please join me in my conversation with Jordan Gustafson. Jordan, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Hey, thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate it, man, and uh, excited to, to jump into this topic as well together. I think it's really important. Awesome, brother. Now, I do want to touch on some some items that are specific to ministering through crisis, since we're experiencing a lot of crisis right now. But before we get to that, I'd love to hear from your own experience as a church planter, as a pastor, why is engaging in cross-cultural community transformation in vulnerable areas around the world so important? Yeah, absolutely. I think, one, that's a big question, but two, I, I think it's so important because we're a part of something so much bigger uh, than simply what's right in front of us. And I think it's our call as, as pastors, as ministry leaders, to help other folks engage in such a way to view the world not as just simply what's right in front, um, but as something that is significantly larger, um, knowing that there are uh, people all around the world that bring beauty and depth and and so much um, of who God is really uh, into the world that, that we don't get to see on a, on a daily basis for so many of us. We live in the same places that we've grown up or we've moved somewhere else. And so what ends up happening is we, we uh, really get... Uh, I think comfortable to some extent. And so what I think the importance of a cross-cultural relationship or a cross-cultural partnership within your church is really so much so that uh, we put the world in front of our people and we invite our people to be able to serve the world, to be able to lean into, uh, again, not only look what I can do or look what I've done, but more so uh, look at the relationships that we can have and what binds us together at the end of the day is Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. The incredible unity that we can see that comes from that, the incredible wholeness we can see in the body when we engage cross-culturally, and at the same time, also the expression of uh, diversity when we're able to enter into cross-cultural relationships as a church. And so I think it's important more than anything just because uh, we are called to it. Uh, we are called to experience and to bring what we have uh, as, as image bearers uh, and also to receive and to be in relationship uh, with those who who are also image bearers around the world. Yeah, that, that's that's good, Jordan. You know, um, we see a lot of injustices in our world today, uh, and we see many right here in our own country. In fact, you know, as we're recording this, not only are we going through the the pandemic, the COVID nineteen crisis, um, but here in the U.S., you know, the riots in the streets, 
Um, there's a lot of protests going on. Um, there's some violence that's that's happening, as well as some some peaceful protest. But there's a lot of injustice. You know, why should a church, um, let's say a church here in the U.S., why should they get involved with what is happening in other countries? Absolutely. I think again, very very similar to what I'm saying is to be involved in another country is to say that I, I see you. Um, I think so often we can be isolated. So often countries can be isolated. So often our communities can be isolated. And so for somebody to step up and to say, I see you and, and we're going to go through this together. We're going to lean in together. We're going to jump in together. There's so much more that happens just right in front of us. And I think it's important that we engage in the world. Um, I think it's so important that we don't just simply, man, stay where we're at. Um, we are called to be engaged. We are called to be engaged in our cities and in our states and in the countries, but we're also called to be engaged in the world in that sense of it as well. And so as we look at it again, uh, it's our job to steward relationships. It's our job to steward people to be engaged in the world. Um, yes, it is taking on something else to be involved in something that's happening elsewhere. And yet at the same time, uh, we have the opportunity just as anybody else does around the world to be people of peace uh, and to bring Christ uh, with us and to join Christ where he's already present and where he's already working around the world as well. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so all that to be said is we're looking about other things in the world. Again, there are things that are happening elsewhere that don't take place here in the United States. And we've even seen right now other people around the world be engaged and join in with what's happening uh, in our country as well. And so just as it is for others to join in us, it's good for us to join in others and really, again, to bring that wholeness and that unity uh, to the world, to the globe, to see the world from somebody else's viewpoint and to really, truly, again, uh, I, I believe so, to see uh, the world as people, to see the world relationally uh, and to dive in together. And so that's what I would say. I think it's important for us to dive in globally because, again, we are part of this gigantic global body of Christ. And so we can't uh, separate ourselves from everything else that's happening. We must engage. We must press in just as we would in our own backyards. We must so uh, with the rest of the world as well. You know what I mean, Jason? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's it's a reminder, I think, to us as well that um, that regardless of culture, language, you know, background, um, social stature, uh, regardless of um, geographical area, right? That that um, there is family, one, you know, um, when it comes to being a part of the family of God um, yeah. that crosses all those boundaries. Um, but also the mission, right, is, um, you know, is not restricted by anything. Uh, the mission is is all of the world, every man, every woman, every child. And, That's right. And like yeah. you said, you know, sometimes we can get um, – it's not to obviously diminish any injustices that we see in our own backyard. I mean we By need, no need to means. be present in, in our own communities, right? Um, but um, sometimes we can get a bit insulated um, if we're just addressing things in our own backyard and not looking to um, proclaim the goodness of God um, across the world. And right. expose our people to um, different different cultures and yep. um, you know just different different experiences. So um, yeah, I, I think that's good, Jordan, and and really appreciate um, just kind of that global view of what the kingdom is about. And um, and I know that that you and and your work with uh, Food for the Hungry really champions that and and really champions this, that holistic view, which I think is so incredibly important. And and as you well know. 
Um, there has been much discussion over the past decade or so, maybe even longer, um, but I know that's really, really um, grown over the last 10 years or so about yep. missions ministry and about, you know, Westerners specifically dropping into other countries, into other cultures, doing yes. some kind of quick missionary work, and then basically heading back home, right? And so there's been this <laughs> pushback on, you know, the actual fruitfulness and efficacy of such models. Like, um, is it really effective? So yes. I'm curious, Jordan, what what's your perspective on short-term missions work um, versus, you know, long-term partnerships, those types of things? Yeah, absolutely, Jason. I think so much of it, yes, short-term things can be helpful, but at the end of the day, long-haul, long-term relationship, partnership, and impact is, is so much. I think it has such a grander perspective and vision that it grants us as the church, uh, I think more so than maybe we can even understand at times. Um, and so for, for me and for us as an organization, we're really looking at these long-term, long-haul opportunities for folks to jump in, to engage, because we truly believe uh, that, that life uh, is about relationships and relationships aren't just showing up and doing something, but it's showing up to walk alongside, it's showing up to, to live with and to be, uh, and again, a relationship, not just over the course of a week, uh, but over the course of, of years. Um, you get to know people as is, you think about it, even from, a, again, a pastoral perspective here, as you think about your congregation, one of the things that happens when you get to know somebody is that you begin to establish trust you begin to understand where one another are coming from. You begin to, to, to really build up uh, the things that are necessary for transformation to happen. And the same uh, is for us in missions work as well. I, I fully, truly believe that with everything that I am. Um, I think so much of what's been happening in, in the world of missions is that uh, at times the idea of doing something for somebody is, is easier than doing something with somebody, but it might not be and often isn't as powerful. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can meet the need, but often there's there's so much more be uh, kind of beneath that need, right? Um, we can scratch the surface, we can meet the need of a surface, but but what's sitting underneath that is so much more. And so one of the things that that we focus on in these relationships is again not only expanding our worldview to understand uh, and, and to learn from other cultures and perspectives around the world and partnership, but at the same time also uh, it, it really helps to form and to shape the worldview. Of, of communities uh, that are around the world in the areas that we're working in. So at Food for the Hungry, we work in, in over 20 countries, and all of them are very different and all of them are very specific, but even so much so as, as they enter into relationship, there is something that is felt between a church and between a community that is uh, unlike anything else. It's unlike showing up and doing something and leaving uh, because it continues on and it continues on. And that's, that's the beauty of that long-term uh, long-term partnership that can be happening in missions work that we're doing around the world. One of my favorite stories as I talk to pastors around the countries is they engage with uh, communities that they're partnering with, with Food for the Hungry, and uh, they, they really start this conversation on year one, and they're saying, hey, we can't wait to come back. We can't wait to be with you. We're going to be praying for you over this next chunk of time. And, and there's almost this disbelief often uh, from a number of different folks. Everybody says they're going to come back, but nobody actually does. And then when a church shows back up, to be the church, to engage relationally, not just to do things, but to, to be with and to get to know and to remember names and to remember details about people's lives, all of a sudden it begins to shift that transformational perspective. Yes, this physical thing can happen in a place and that's amazing, but what's more powerful is again, this spiritual return that's happening in the midst of this. 
You are seen, you are loved. And for the church members here as well, it's the exact same conversation. I'm seen and I'm loved. I'm remembered by somebody around the world that, again, we're bonded together in our unity of Christ. And that all of a sudden begins to be more powerful than the physical accomplishing of something. And so, so for us, I think it's this big shift that it, it, often in short term, although it can be, again, incredibly helpful, especially if done with an organization that is on the ground and that's staying put somewhere, uh, that can be amazing. But nothing, nothing, nothing can to really change the power of, of doing something with somebody walking uh, step for step, holding hand in hand, really progressing and pressing in to the future of what God might have. Um, I think the other thing that, that long-term, uh, again, relationships and missions do is it shifts things from an event to a process. And I believe that transformation is a process. It is for every single one of us in our lives and who God's made us to be and us becoming who we are, much the same as it is in our missions work as well. It's not just an event. It's not just something to say, hey, look what we've done. And although that is amazing, it's a process process to say, hey, look what God's doing, and look how we've been invited in to join in the midst of that. Um, I think the other thing that long-term does over short-term as well is it shifts us from focusing simply on a project, although great and wonderful, and we need to be able to share it, to the people. Um, and I think that's the most powerful thing that we can be doing as we look at our missions work and what we're doing as churches and how we're engaging in the world is that we would be far more focused on people um, than we would be simply on projects. Uh, it changes everything. And at, and at the end of the day, I think if we focus on these things, again, the shift of doing for to doing with, of hosting an event to entering into a process, of focusing on people over projects, what, what comes from that uh, is relationships. What comes from that is shared vision. What comes from that is meaningful results that go far beyond what we can see simply uh, by looking at something. What comes from that is sustainability. What comes from that is dignity. What comes from that is mutual transformation. Uh, and that's what I believe we need to be about as the church, uh, as we enter into missions work, both globally as well as here domestically as well. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's powerful. You know, um, as you look at kind of the long-term partnership um, versus, you know, just kind of dropping in and doing something kind of at a group, you know, I mean, or doing something, you know, a project that you just drop in, you just kind of do something, then you're out. Um, it, it really shifts it from uh, something that's transactional to something that, like you said, is much more relational. That focuses Absolutely. on you. You have the opportunity to see kids grow up. Um, you know, I mean, yes. you have the opportunity to see families as they kind of uh, grow over time. You have the opportunity yes. to see the community transfer transformation come yes. to life, right? Um, so rather than just um, going in digging a well, um, you have the opportunity to go and be a part of digging a well, but then you have the opportunity to be a part of the, the first crop harvest, right? Then you have an opportunity That's to right. be uh, a part of, you know, watching these um, family farmers, um, you know, become sustainable in, in providing food for their family. And then beyond that, right. providing food at the market for barter or for sale. And, and it just keeps continuing to build. Or, I mean, you could take that anywhere. You could talk Absolutely. about education. You could talk about, you know, their, their life in Christ, you know, as they're being yes. introduced to Jesus, just as you said. Um, we see this here um, in our own churches. Um, you know, we're not just looking for some kind of quick fix, although I think our culture emphasizes that and sure. you know kind of kind of wants us to default to that but we're looking for long-term growth and development in our lives as Christ followers 
And yes. that, that's transferable to our relationships um, overseas as we develop these partnerships. So I think that's I think that's important. I think it pushes back against, you know, we we live in a society specifically here in the U.S. that's, you know, very, very focused on productivity. Yes, and, you know, absolutely. So we want to churn out as much as we can, as fast as we can, you know, and and um, uh, when, when we begin to I love how you said it, looking uh, to, to people versus projects, when you begin to make that shift, you're shifting away from just, you know, trying to complete this project so we can come back and share a slide, you know, slideshow and and talk about you know, this project that we've completed and, and how much better off everyone is, you know, wherever that is because of, because mm. we showed up, right? Two, That's right. this idea of people where now we're celebrating stories of people and yes. um, those projects are still happening oftentimes, right? We're still, we're still helping, you know, with education or we're helping with uh, sustainable agriculture or whatever it might be, clean water, yep. right? We're still doing those, those projects, but the focus moves from the project to, the stories of the people and the experiences that they're having and the relationships that our local church is building with that community. That's um, right. And the other thing, Jason, too, that I'll just say as well is that, you know, the amazing thing is that it really shifts it as well as, again, instead of doing something for to doing it with. And so instead of just simply saying, hey, we have an expertise or we can do something and that's great. It's, it's helping to, to help people see, again, you've been given uh, gifts, you've been given skills, you've been given talents, you've been given opportunity and vision to see, uh, again, the future, maybe a different way than it is right now. And the, and the beauty that comes from that doesn't only impact a project in that moment, but every single project that comes after that in that specific place, right? Mm. And so what you're doing in that moment is you begin to develop leaders, right? You're building people up to say, hey, actually, no, we can do this. Uh, we can be a part of this. We can see the change that we desire to see in the community, in the place that we live by jumping in and by entering in and by being a part of it, not by watching somebody else do it themselves. And so I think it's our job as well to steward uh, the gifts that we have as well that we get to, you know, to bring into a partnership and a relationship with somebody uh, and do that exact same thing. Uh, again, sharing with people that vision. Uh, sharing with people again, there is opportunity, and look what we can do, and and look what can happen. Simply, uh, again, that's so much stronger and so much more powerful mm. than saying, "Hey, look what we did." Um, yeah, that's great. Yes, it's going to be helpful. But what if somebody in their in a community can say, "Hey, look what we did. Right. Look what happened when we came together." And so I think that's such a a huge focus of this as well, man. Is that it, it really begins that again to shift the paradigm a little bit on its head and to say. Um, you know, I, I think, yes, as a church, we need to be able to share, like you mentioned, that quantitative aspect of it. Look what we've been able to do. Yes, God's blessed us. Yes, God's multiplied this. Yes and amen. Um, but there's also the qualitative aspect of it, being able to share, again, stories, people. Look who's been empowered and look what this person has accomplished and look what they're going to continue to do. And we got to be a small part of that story. Yes and amen to that. Let's celebrate that. Those are the things that we need to be celebrating as the church. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, that's what we want to see in our own local communities. I know for me and every church that I've been a part of, that's been our goal uh, as well as to equip people to build them up so that they would know how to live their lives shaped by the gospel of Jesus Christ and that they would be engaged and know that you have the ability to live into uh, your own, again, personal faith life, but this communal faith life as the church and how we respond and enter into our communities and do the work that, that the Lord's called us to do as well. Um, and so I think that's the key, again, is it's, it's just as we want to invest in people 
in our communities here, it's the, the shift to wanting to invest. And again, like you mentioned, uh, it's definitely not easy. It definitely takes longer than simply just doing something. However, um, again, if you're looking strictly at a return on investment, my goodness gracious, it is exponentially higher than anything else that we could possibly do uh, around the globe. We must be with people. We must invest in people, not just physical goods themselves. Yeah, that, that's great. Uh, and as you were talking, I was, I was kind of thinking through, like, from the perspective of, you know, of a pastor and a local church here in the U.S. being engaged in, you know, a long-term partnership. What do we see? Okay, so l- let me back up a little bit. So it's exciting. <laughs> we see some cool things happening in this yeah. community, right? We're, we're investing, you know, physically, you know, we're going there you know, once a year, maybe a couple of times a year to actually physically be there and to serve. Sure. But we're also, the rest of the year, we're still connected to this community, um, yep. you know, sharing prayer requests and, you know, videos and updates and, and all kinds of, of different things. So there's this ongoing relationship that's being built, which is awesome. Um, yep. Talk to me a little bit, Jordan, about um, not only what this, I, I think we can understand what this this has done. And I love that you brought up um, developing leaders, you know, in this this community in another country and encouraging them. And, and uh, you've talked about dignity for them and those types of things as you're doing something alongside, you know, locking arms with them. But talk to me a little bit about on, on the side of the church here in the U S right. The, the side of the church that's, um, you know, engaging in this relationship, what type of things have you seen in churches in the U S that as they get into a, a longer term partnership, um, how does that change the church back home? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, man, it's a great question. I think the biggest thing that we've seen in so many aspects in, in churches that we've been able to work with and see this transformation happen is it's really, again, I talked about worldview a little bit ago, and it's that same thing, a church, you know, entering into a relationship, seeing something that's happening somewhere else, bringing that vision home and saying, what does that contextually begin to look like in my own backyard? Mm. Um, I think I think we can see things that can spark ideas, and again, it can look different, and that's a good thing. It needs to fit its context, just as it would with any you know country that we work in, as diverse as they might be. You know, the U.S. is that much different context, and so uh, we've seen folks come back and say, "How do we begin to see the same exact type of work happen in our community, knowing that it is different?" And so we've seen churches engage in uh, you know development work and start you know seed funding small businesses and what that begins to look like coming alongside healthcare clinics in their communities figuring out, hey, you know, especially right now, we've been, we, I was straight with a church the other day, and they've mobilized medical clinics around their community um, in response to, to COVID-19. Um, a lot of that has, is, is, again, stemming from things that have been seen or things that they're being involved with to contextually say, how do we reach this moment? How do we jump into this moment? And how do we begin to, to serve at the end of the day? Um, and so, again, I think more so it's this, it's this open idea of, what else could we do? And I think sometimes a lot of things, you know, we need that spark. We need that idea to kick off. And so what that's done is it's, I think, given people the permission to uh, see something and then say, I wonder if. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really amazing and a really powerful thing for lay people in our churches to say, I wonder if. I wonder what we could do if fill in the blank happened. I wonder what we could do if we, again, took all the collective uh, gifts, skills, talents, vision, all these things that God gives us as he's created us. And if we put those in act and really mobilize them in our city for the sake of the kingdom, as we do in this uh, community that we're partnered with as well, just as we want to see, again, people uh, empowered 
um, to live a forward life in their community, what does that look like here? And so I think for us more than anything, it's not necessarily the facilitation of that that I've seen, but it is the idea and the start of, a, of that what if um, yeah. uh, that has been birthed and blossomed into so many things around the country. And again, that's developed itself into church networks who are going, hey, we're going to work globally together in this space. And then we're all going to come back and we're going to combine and work locally in our city as well. Uh, and so I think it paints a picture of collaboration. It paints that picture of unity. And again, how much more can we do if we are running this race together than if we're trying to do it separately uh, at the end of the day. And so, again, I think it's collaborative nature and I think it's starting those, again, what if types of questions? What if types of opportunities? What if I used, you know, my business that I have that God's gifted me with? Uh, and what if I use that to make a tangible impact here in our own backyard? Um, what is my responsibility to do that? How do I begin to enter into that? Um, you know, just as somebody might have given me an opportunity at some point in my life to be able to, to run forward, how am I giving those opportunities to other folks in our own backyard as I might be doing that with the community that, that I might be partnering with somewhere else in the world as well? Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. I think, again, it's that spark that moves in transformation that's so hyper-contextualized but so important. Um, and what it could lead to. So that's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's good. Because um, oftentimes, we, you know, we, we grow accustomed to our environment, right? And so yep. as we're accustomed to our environment, we don't see things as readily, oftentimes, yes. right? I mean, because we're just we're, not that we're just necessarily complacent or in a rut, but it's just it's hard to see it because it's there all the time, right? And <laughs> um, so then you, you get into an experience where you're in another country in another culture. Um, and like you said, it sparks some things and be, you'd be into yep. look at things a little bit differently because you've got, you know, completely out of probably your comfort zone, completely sure. out of everything that's normal in experiencing this. And then when you return, suddenly you start noticing things mm. that you didn't notice before, right? And you, you start Absolutely. to see, wait a second, here's some, and there's some connectivity, like you said, um, even though completely different contexts, um, there are threads, right, that connect. Hey, this is something we that's experienced right. there. What does that look like here? Or, you know, what What if? I, I love that question that you posed. And, and um, so have you seen churches that – you know, when they when they begin to get involved in one of these long term, you know, global partnerships. Sure. Um, do you see them experiencing like revitalization? Um, you know, yeah. here here at home. You know, what what types of, of things are being expressed in those churches here? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. I, we've definitely seen revitalization, and that's been one of the sweetest things personally to get to hear those types of stories. It was at a church in uh, Louisiana that shared that. And I, I said, uh, you know, you've seen so much, you know, really sweet things happening in your church. Uh, tell me about that. What have you guys noticed? What's been the change? What's been the shift? And it's been really sweet to see the ways that it's tied and connected to, uh, you know, a global partnership that's then birthed movement in their own community as well. They're doing incredible things here at home, uh, but they're a, a partner with us in Guatemala. And it's been uh, amazing to see the relationship that's been formed between them and that, that community that they're partnered with. And so uh, because of that, they would, you know, there's so many young people that are flocking to the church. There are so many folks that are getting uh, involved in the community that before, um, you know, not necessarily were. Wow, um, and yeah. so there's these you know, really, really, truly amazing things. I think to some extent where people feel like I can sink my teeth in, I can get involved. I can be involved. It's structured. I know what to do, how to do it, where to go. And yet, at the same time, it's it's challenging, right? right. Um, it's not it's not easy. It's not easy to be involved in your community, especially 
you know, when so many things can be going on as well, but it's so important. So important. I think it's so much easier to sit back and to watch it happen. And it's, it's a lot harder to, to truly be the church in that sense of it. But I believe that, that again, when we give people runways to lean in, uh, amazing things happen. People want to be involved. Uh, before I, I worked with Food for the Hungry, I had the privilege of being on a pastoral team in the inner city of Washington, D.C. And one of the things that, that we would say as a church is that uh, often uh, the goal was that people would come into worship, that through worship, they would be a part of the community as a whole. And that through being a part of the community, they'd be a part of the justice work that was happening around the city. Um, what we saw happen more than anything, uh, hilariously enough, was the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, through runways that were being created, we gave folks an opportunity to be invited and involved in the justice work that was happening around the city. Through that, they were invited in to be a part of that community, started joining small groups, get involved, and then from that ended up actually coming to the Sunday church service. But it was all these other things that happened in the community before that truly brought people in to be a part of the church. And it's predominantly young people for sure. Um, and I think that our young people around our country uh, are hungry for that. They're hungry to have a runway to be involved and to see change and to see, uh, again, the kingdom on display, the kingdom moving and the kingdom coming and say, uh, God's invited me to be a part of this. I want to take that seriously. Um, and so that's, that's you know, the goal at the end of the day is that, that again, a global partnership uh, and even a domestic partnership long-term provides that runway, provides an opportunity where somebody says, I know how I can get involved. I know where I can get involved. I know what that looks like. I have steps to follow, but who knows what can come on the other end of that, right? It's just the start. And that's the beautiful part of it, right? It's just the start. Um, to somebody's engagement. Um, we've seen so many folks engage in justice work and through engaging in justice work and the outreach of our church community, they uh, came to know Jesus. Right, right, yeah. Um, you know, and so I think that's the key that, that, you know, as we're looking at as churches, how are we creating runways for people to be involved and how are we uh, helping people to move down those runways that at the end of the day, one, position them in a relationship with the king, that they wouldn't see the kingdom aside. We can't pursue the kingdom without the king. We have to be focused. And so we want to, to be in these partnerships that are committed to the gospel, that are committed to the local church, and that are committed to collaboration. When that can happen, I think, again, unlimited possibilities uh, are in front of us or in front of the church or in front of our communities or in front of the world. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, you, you mentioned a little bit about, uh, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, the crisis that we're facing now, and this has obviously opened our eyes to a lot. And you know, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, pastors um, across the country who were talking about, you know, we had a, you know, short-term mission trip this summer <laughs> that we had planned, and now it's yes. completely canceled. Um, but it seems that the sustained longer-term partnership model um, yeah. that Food for the Hungry has um, actually um, can excel in a time of crisis. Can you yes. share more about, you know, how, <laughs> how, what the work that you guys are doing and how churches are engaged in, in, in the process, and the model that you guys use, how yeah. is that, you know, staying strong, even in the midst of, you know, COVID-19? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, the first thing I'll point out, and I think it's just so important, is relationship. Um, we, through relationship, through long-term partners, have developed a mutual trust and this understanding. And through that mutual trust, we have had the ability to pivot. Um, that, first and foremost, means more than anything else. I think it's hard when you jump into a partnership or when you're doing something that is more one-off um, you know, there's a trust there, no doubt. Otherwise, you wouldn't enter into the partnership. However, uh, the ability of that trust to build, to then take on whatever's coming at you, uh, is so, so, so instrumental to 
um, again, I would say uh, healthy, strong, sustainable work can continuing to happen even when things look radically different. So for right now, you mentioned again, COVID-19 has been such a huge thing for us. We're doing a COVID response in currently every single country that we're working in, plus some in partnerships with other NGOs around the world as well. We're really grateful for that work. And so um, all of our programmatic structure has really shifted to this focus. And, and so we're wanting to continue to walk alongside development, which is, I would say, is what we're known for as an organization. But really, this is a moment for relief. And um, there's been some, some really good stuff that's come out in the last few weeks around that. And so, um, you know, for us, those changes and those shifts, we've been able to remain strong and hold strong relationships with our partners because uh, we've, we've developed that trust. We have that trust. We have the ability to say, hey, things have changed. Things are different, but we still get to walk this out together. Right. Um, as we lock that forward, there's still that sustainability that was there before. That nothing changes about that. But again, the, the strategy begins to look a little bit different. The need began to change, and so we must adapt to it. But I think what happens with a long-term um, partner in that sense is, again, it's the ability to meet the need uh, in that moment plus what's to come afterwards and what was there before. Mm. Um, and so, for instance, I think one of the things I love about Food for the Hungry is how FH was started and, and how it really started in 1971 was in a relief scenario. Um, Food for the Hungry, first and foremost, before anything and before it, you know, the development work we've been known for now, started uh, in response to pain and suffering uh, around the world. And since then, what ended up happening is we responded in each of the countries, one by one, that we're in currently today, is that we were invited to stay and to be a part of the long-haul development work that would be happening in those places. And our goal wasn't to stay in a community, it's to graduate that community. So we have a 10 year process that a community enters into. And then what happens on the other side of that is the community is set up for um, thriving and the ability to, to continue to press their own community uh, into its future and where it's, it's kind of trajecting from that moment. And so it's long-term development, yes, but there's an exit plan and it's sustainable and it's pressing forward. And then things like this happen, right? But you don't expect it. Um, but they happen. It's right. The question isn't necessarily, you know, you know, if a disaster is going to happen, but when is a disaster going to happen? And are we prepared to weather it? And are we prepared to press it forward? And what mm -hmm. a long-term relationship does is it really begins to address that question, right? It's not if, it's when and when is now and we're ready to respond because of, uh, again, the proactivity that there's been and the relationships and the trust that's been established through these long-term partnerships. And so we've got churches that are responding with us around the world to COVID-19 who have been with these communities for a number of years at this point. And so the, the people that they're partnering with, the community they're partnering with, it's not just you know some generic place, but they know the community leadership, they know the community pastor, they know, you know, children and the community's names that their churches have been sponsoring. They know all of these things intimately about this space. And so what ends up happening is, it's, of course, we want to be a part of this. Of course, we want to lean in. Of course, we want to, to be able to meet the need that's there. And it becomes that project aspect, no doubt. But because there's been a focus on the people before, that project begins to reflect the importance and that decision. And that decision is, we want to do this because of the people. We want to do this because of the relationship. We want to do this because of, again, right, how much we care about this place. And at the end of the day, walking it out together. We're able to walk development out together. We can walk relief out together as well. And so, again, what that, that does uh, is it, it gives us trust. It gives us the ability to pivot. And it gives us the ability to enter into whatever might come at us uh, as a collective unit, and as a family, and as the global body of Christ. That's awesome. I love it. Love love the work. I love the um, 
just kind of the heart behind what you guys are doing. And um, as we're wrapping up our conversation here, um, I imagine there are probably some listening in that say, man, this I, I, we, I, we would like to be a part of something like this. We'd like to experience this. If people want to learn more, if a, a pastor or ministry leader is listening in and wants to learn about uh, the work of Food for the Hungry, how they and their church can engage, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you and your team? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the one is, uh, please go on, check us out online at fh.org. And so you can see all about us. You can uh, really begin to learn a little bit more about Food for the Hungry, where we're working and uh, how some of those things are happening. If you go to fh.org backslash church, uh, we can be able to connect there. And I'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, uh, And again, please feel free to reach out to me as well. My email, uh, uh, I'll give to you right now. It's jgustafson at fh.org. J G-U-S-T-A-F-S-O-N at FH.org. And so please feel free, shoot me an email. Uh, would love to have a conversation and would love to jump in and explore uh, what, again, diving in and partnering together could look like. would be amazing. Excellent. Excellent, Jordan. Uh, and we will have um, that information links uh, in the show notes for those of you who are listening. So you can check those out um, if you want to follow up with Jordan and uh, check more things out for Food for the Hungry. It's been so good to have a conversation with you, brother. You guys are doing great work, and uh, just continue to pray for, man, God uh, just moving through the churches you're engaged with and the communities that you're engaged with around the world um, for the the power and the, the glory of Christ. Amen, man. Thank you so much. We're really grateful for you and uh, excited to see all the Lord continues to have in the future. So thanks for having me. Awesome. God bless you, brother. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. We hope you are finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast, and if so, we would appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcast so they can benefit as well. Thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send an email to podcasts at churchleaders.com or connect with me on Twitter. You can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the Faith Play app, available for both Apple and Android. So be sure to check out Faith Play. Until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.